Welcome back to the Horseman's Corner. I'm Howard Hale, host of the program, and with us on this, the third segment, Greg Johnson, a reigning and working cow horse trainer at Ray, Colorado. You've been invited to the World Equestrian Games, as I understand it. Give me some of the details. I've been invited to perform a freestyle through an exhibition. They've invited several guys around the country, and uh, it's on the uh, 30th of this, or I'm sorry, the 29th of this month. I have to be there on the 29th for the practice, and the 30, 30th is when we perform in the evening at the World Equestrian Games in Lexington, Kentucky, at the Horse Park. I didn't realize it was starting quite this soon, but that's really a big deal, isn't it, Drake? It's uh, the first time they've ever had the World Games on um, uh, U.S. soil, so it's uh, it's quite an honor to be able to be selected and go down there. Um, they have eight of the ten disciplines will be um you know, we'll be competing during this, uh, during the couple weeks of competition, you know, and that includes the, uh, you know, like the eventing, the, the jumping, uh, the endurance, you know, and then obviously the raining is uh, the uh, it, it's the first time it's going to be on its own soil, and uh, it's, uh, raining is actually the only uh, Western discipline uh, recognized by the FEI. Raining is becoming quite... Uh quite popular across the world isn't it yeah it's uh you know they it's since about the 70s you know they've been importing horses uh you know out to to europe italy and um and europe and now it's you know it's expanded pretty much all over the world it's uh we have a real big uh international membership and uh you know from uh, south america to europe to There'll be some uh, uh, people from Japan and stuff there. So I think all in all, you know, at the World Games, there'll be about 67 countries uh, representing there. Interesting situation. Uh, talk about uh, who are some of the other folks that are going to be doing an exhibition on the freestyle? Well, you know, I just know of a couple. I know for sure, you know, the perennial Pete Kyle from uh, Whitesboro, Texas. And uh, then, uh, of course, uh, another... Uh, Rainer here in Colorado, Shane Brown will be attending, and uh, also Aaron Ralston uh, from, uh, um, I believe Aaron's up in the mountains of Colorado, I'm not sure exactly where, but uh, I want to say around Aspen in that area somewhere, um, and, uh, you know, and then some of the other top uh, freestylers across the country have been invited to be there to, to, uh, to exhibit what we can do. What Talk about the freestyle rating for folks who aren't familiar with it. What does it entail? Well, rain, the freestyle reining is, is uh, you know, it'll be judged on uh, the technical part of it. You have, uh, you have a required maneuvers of, you know, three sliding stops and uh, four spins each way, and uh, they judge you on a, a lead change from uh, right to left and left to right. And then uh, they also have another box where they can uh, put um, those kind of maneuvers we don't traditionally see in a reining pattern like, you know, whether it be a series of lead changes or side pass two track, it's uh, those things are scored in what they call a transitional box, and that's where they'll put the uh, um, you know their circle maneuvers also. Um, and then at the end, you know, you you can score up to a plus you know a plus two to a minus two depending on the quality of your performance for choreography and uh, and uh, <clears throat> you know how well the presentation was and freestyle reining is basically where you incorporate some music with choreogra- choreography with the technical part of the reining maneuvers and uh, a lot of times it's fairly entertaining 
uh, it's it's uh, very similar to what we'd see in the like the figure skating, where you have the technical program where they where they uh, score them on just you know the technical part of it, and then you know their free skate where they you know perform their technical maneuvers to a choreographed piece of music, and uh, usually it's very uh, entertaining to watch. Becoming more popular uh, as time goes on. Absolutely, you know, I, I I run across a lot of people over the years that you know they have went and watched freestyle somewhere, and uh, that's gotten them. Hey, you know, I think I want to get into reining and uh, learn how to uh, ride a reining horse, and then maybe someday I can, um, you know, I I could enter a freestyle. So, you know, it's a it's a good way to get rain out in front of the public in a kind of a lighter uh, uh, venue to where they can, you know, uh, showcase the raining, what, what they can do, and also be entertained a little bit at the same time. Talk about the horse you're going to be exhibiting in the freestyle raining. Uh, the horse I'll be riding, his name is Hickory Chickaholic, and uh, we call him Hooch for short. And he's by a uh, stallion I rode for a few years, and um, he was an own son of uh, Smart Chickalina. His name was Hickory Chickalina. And then uh, on the dam side of the horse I'm riding, he's uh, by a, um, an older horse. It's called CB Command, and out of a daughter, Doc Solano. And um, he's a five-year-old. Uh, I've shown him in uh, you know several reinings and, and working cow horse, and and uh, he's just really he's a really special horse. I did perform one freestyle on him already you know bridalist and that's what i'll be doing at the uh at the world games i'll just i'll be showing him bridalist and uh he's that special kind of horse that uh can perform and and do well with uh with uh, you know a little resistance to, to being willfully guided and and uh he's just a really nice happy horse sure liking how big a horse is he you know he's about 14 two, maybe three He's not a real big horse as far as height-wise, but if you were to see him, he's just a real, he's that old-school, real stocky, uh, you know, uh, real just built like a little brick in uh, that old-school kind of quarter horse type. It's amazing that some of those chunky horses could be an athlete, as athletic as they are, isn't it? It really is, and, and, and that was one thing I was always a little concerned when he, when he was first born. He was just such a little chunk that i thought well he's not going to be you know usually when they're real short coupled and, and stocky like that they don't have a, a ton of flexibility through the pole or through their body you know they're just a little be a little stockier and stiff and and this horse he's he uh he's got a lot of moves to him he's real limber you know from his pole to his tail and and that's a little uncommon for a horse that's built like that is that a horse that you raised uh, yes, it is actually. It's a it's a horse I raised, and uh, um, I was fortunate that uh, you know when I was breeding that stallion Hickory Chickalina at the time that uh, Sally Ress was uh, uh, let me breed one of my best mares to him, and and uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, are you standing him instead as well? Uh, no, uh, this horse is a gilding actually, and uh, and uh, I don't know. He might have been a little tough to ride as a stud. He's 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 got a lot of He's really cowy and really uh, 
uh, real feely, and you know he he's kind of kind of call him the yellow lab. He comes out every day, happy as can be, and real busy. And I think uh, I don't know if uh, being a stallion would have really uh, uh, complimented him much. So, well, kind of hard to stand a gilding, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is, but it sure is a lot of fun to ride a gilding. Yeah, you know it. It uh, it is. You don't have. Uh, uh, old stallions are okay, but you don't have some of the problems with the gilding that you have with the stud, do you? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. What else you riding uh, right now? That's uh, that's really good. Well, you know, I have uh, I have a three year old. I showed a little bit this summer in uh, the raining events. Just just got her midsummer, and it's a really nice horse. Pat Robertson of Iowa owns her, and and she's by. Uh, Barbie's done it. Who was the son of Hollywood? Done it, and out of a little rough peppy mare, and she's she's pretty special. She uh, has a real style and look that that uh, they're looking for today, and and uh, sure is just a fun, you know, nice little three year old. Um, and I have some other younger ones. I've got a little mare by Uno Rooster that's pretty pretty interesting, and uh, she's been real good in the show pen. And um, I've got another son of Hickory Chickalina that uh, I'm. That have won uh, quite a bit, about twelve thousand in the NRHA, and he's a he's a solid colored Appaloosa, and we're getting ready in a month to go to the Appaloosa World, and he's qualified in several events from the roping to the cow horse to trail and deer diving and all that. So it'd be kind of fun to uh, to actually go down and see if we can uh, compete in uh, the Neutrina Iron Horse Award. Gosh, I didn't know you did any roping, uh, Drake. Uh, you know, I do a little bit. Uh, we, you know, some of these rainers that don't necessarily aren't going to make, uh, you know, top-notch reining horses, and it gives us kind of an avenue to go with them because they are, um, you know, they've already been started on cattle and they're pretty broke, and so sometimes we can, <clears throat> um, you know, um, move them into another discipline where uh, they'll really shine. And uh, I just do a little bit through the through the winter and the summer, and uh, we have some ropings here a couple couple uh, nights a week and uh, gives gives me the time and chance to to get out and kind of work a little bit on some of these other horses and and I try to rope and on all, everything I ride all my rainers and gives them something else to do and something else to think about and it's just another little uh a niche that just definitely makes them that much more broke that uh, that does make a lot of sense to give these horses another job and don't just grind them in one event doesn't it um, you know, I really, I, I think so. I think, you know, we, we, they can get trained, and I, and I get a lot of horses, you know, that have been pretty trained, and, um, you know, somebody wants me to ride, and, 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 you know, they're great, but, you know, that I think the first thing I try to do is get them out, take them out on the ranch and ride them, and, you know, ride them through. I got a little trail course, and just give them something else to kind of think about, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of those have just been in the stall and taken out, and, run and stopped and turned and never really experienced that other part and i think it keeps them fresher and and uh and then you know in turn too then somebody else can they can go do something else with them than just than just do the rain let's take a break and hear from the folks that make this program possible but you stay tuned we'll have more in a moment you're listening to the horseman's corner welcome back to the horseman's corner you're on the last segment of today's program and let's continue with drake johnson the working cow horse side of it, you doing much showing there? You know, I've showed a little bit this year. I've been uh, real busy with uh, with some of the the reinings, but I've got uh, the little Hickory Chickahawk. He's qualified for the uh, NRCHA World Championship in Stevensville in 
in February. So I've shown him, and I had another uh, nice stallion for uh, Roger Hickert that I've been competing in uh, the uh, Rain Cow Horse, and they've, uh, they've they've both been doing very well in the um, the bridal classes and the Hackmore classes. So it's uh, it sure is a lot of fun. It's a little change of pace, and uh, it's very exciting to do. Again, explain the event, will you? Because there's always some listeners that don't know what we're talking about. Well, working cow horse is uh, the what there's. Well, in the Derby and Futurity and the Bridal Spectacular, there's uh, three usually three events that uh, you would you would get scored on, and the first would be to actually cut a cow out of the herd and hold and demonstrate that, just like they would in the cutting, uh, driving a cow out of the herd and and, uh, you know, holding him away from the herd would be one part of it. And then you do the rain work, like the raining. They'll be consists of sliding stops and circles, lead changes, and uh, some spins, and you'd be scored on that. And then the actual, what working cow horse is really about is uh, the ability to contain and control one cow at a time. And uh, what they'll do is put one cow in the arena, and then you'll demonstrate how you can what they call boxing, hold them at one end of the arena. And then once you uh, get your cow to where you can kind of box them and control them on one end, then you go ahead and move in and, and drive them down one fence wall of the arena and uh, run them as far down to the other end as you can and make a turn and turn them to the left. And then you're going to turn them back to the right. And then after you've done your fence turns, you would go and circle the cow up each direction. And that would demonstrate being able to control and dictate and make that cow go about wherever you want with your horse. Pretty exciting event? Oh, absolutely. Fence is probably the most exciting part of it because when you turn and go down the corner and get down the fence, you know, it's uh, uh, running wide open and getting inside that cow and then riding by and making that turn is, uh, you know, the cow stops and that horse makes that turn. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty good adrenaline rush. Yeah, and it takes pretty good horse. Absolutely. It takes, uh, you know, a horse that really uh, it wants to work a cow and one that's pretty athletic, has got some speed, and then uh, also is, you know, athletic enough to get stopped and turned and, and always be uh, being uh, right there wanting to control and, take, and uh, dictate to that cow where he needs to go. With, uh, with some of the stuff that you do, you do any competing in the versatility ranch horse? I do a little bit, kind of change the rules now where they do have an open competition, whereas before, you know, they had to be owned by the ranch or, or to compete in the open. So well, they've changed it now, and, and I'm looking forward to doing a little more of that. Where we do rope on them here and do the cow horse in the rain, and, um, you know, I sell a lot of uh, horses that go into the ranch versatility uh, show arena, and... Uh, and I'm a AQHA specialized judge in, in the uh, ranch versatility um, part. So, you know, I get to see uh, uh, see the event growing and, and uh, getting to judge it and stuff. It's, it sure is a lot of fun. So it's an event that you like? You know, I like them all, Howard. You know, a lot of fun. Yeah, the, uh, you know, what's, it, what's it take? What are you looking for in that uh, reigning horse? What are some of the qualities qualities that uh, he or she has to have to make them outstanding? Well, you know, one of the one of the first things that you want to uh, <clears throat> to start with is, you know, the confirmation to where it, uh, you know, they're, they're have a real nice trapezoid. In other words, the shoulder length of the shoulder and the angulation of the shoulder is about the same from the point of the hip to the buttocks. And then you're 
you have a uh, you know twice the distance from that on the bottom, and then your top line from the, the wither to the to the loin there. You want a, kind of a perfect little trapezoid because that gives you the most uh, most optimum um, you know balance and confirmation to be able to uh, to perform some of the maneuvers. Now, as far as confirmation too, you know I've had some that defy all the rules of confirmation. They're not you know they have no they're 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 not built to do it, but then that then the other element comes in. They have the heart and the desire to want to work and do, and then they also maybe have that mind of extreme, you know, the very trainable mind. And uh, that that for me is one of the most uh, important things is how willing that horse is to learn, how much he likes his job, and uh, and how hard he tries for you. Um, so you know you add the confirmation and then the uh, <clears throat> you know how the horse is, his personality and his heart and his drive and courage, and then you incorporate that with uh, his ability to learn and be trained. Um, then uh, you know and then of course the other element is is just the athletic ability of him, uh, how much he uh, you know it, it is easy for him and. Uh, when you run across those great special ones, you know, you kind of, in the first 30 to 60 days, you know. I have a couple real young two-year-old prospects that, uh, you know, the first 30 days, they just take your breath away. You just know it's going to be, all those parts are together and it's going to be easy and, and going to be a fun journey to, to get them to that point. So you like to start uh, most of the horses that you ride yourself? Uh, yeah, you know, I... I uh, I do give a lot of lessons, and uh, so I've kind of downsized my operation here in the last couple of years. And uh, in so I do have a, a young man; his name's Jeremy Robinson, that uh, used to work for me, a good close friend of mine. That uh, he's from Kirk, Colorado, and uh, usually, you know, if I don't have the time to get him started myself, we uh, he starts several of them throughout the year for me, and kind of gets that program that I like and. Um, to start with, and, and uh, then when I get them, then we've kind of weeded out if they're going to be good enough to go on for, for what I need to do to to, to move into the performance uh, part of their training. And uh, so it's been a real good mix, you know, because I do give a lot of lessons and time and have a lot of older show horses that I – he really takes time to get them um, – gets that first good 30, 60, or 90 days on them to get it real solid and consistent and – puts those same buttons on than I do, and in that way I can move forward. Very important, isn't it? Very important. That's probably the most important part of the whole the whole process. Now, you get some horses that uh, uh, other people have started or other people have shown. Is that kind of a tough situation sometimes? You know, Howard, with uh, the training practices and uh, the knowledge and the clinics and uh, the mentors and, and the the way the industry has grown in the last, you know, 25 years, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, on a general, uh, you know, to generally speaking, everybody pretty much is kind of about doing the same kind of thing. There are little different techniques that some guys use to take from somebody else, and and they incorporate that in their program, and and so. You know, when you get a horse that somebody else has trained, you know, obviously if they're performing at a high level or one, you know, obviously they're a great individual. And and then, you know, it kind of takes you a little time to kind of meld them a little bit to 
maybe your buttons or your style and um, no but not much they usually are doing the doing the same things um, but then again too you know you'll see horses that you know are just kind of average or just kind of struggle you know just was okay with one guy and some other guy gets it and wow you know it, it moves to the next level and I think that that's that's nothing to do, no, no knock on the, the different trainers and one's better than the other, more so that that, that individual, that horse and that uh, the rider have really, you know, uh, found what works for them together as a team. And uh, I see that a lot in my amateur and youth riders, you know, what won't work for one person won't necessarily work for another. And so you, you see that same <clears throat> correlation between horse and rider you know in the youth and amateur as as well as in the open also so when you're when you're looking for a horse for uh some of your non-pro or your amateur riders your novice riders you really try to match up that horse and that rider then so their personalities mesh is that what you're telling me absolutely absolutely their abilities and their personality um you know, you don't get, uh, you know, some riders that are, you know, real gung-ho and real nervous a little quick or whatever. You don't fit them with a real nervous and stingy kind of horse because it's just you're going to be working against yourself. You want to find a more, a little bit more laid-back, you know, horse that kind of will meld and tolerate them, and then the horse will tolerate them, and they'll be able to tolerate the horse a little bit too. So, you know, and the only way you really know that is, is I, when I'm shopping for someone for a horse, I really do a lot of uh, the leg work. I know what my horse, what my rider is capable of, know how they are, know what works, and I kind of sort through it. And then I come to, you know, I have a few and say, okay, these these are the ones I think are going to best fit you. And sometimes you'll you got just got to go and try and ride them, and uh, the best. <clears throat> sets them up for the best success in, in purchasing and buying them is getting someone with some knowledge and experience to go with them to help them evaluate the horse because, you know, they then that way you can see if they work together as a team. And I've had them get on some, and, you know, you ride them 20, 30 minutes, and, you know, there, there's things that you know that you can work with them that will improve and get better, but in turn, if, it's not going to work and you know it, then you just need to say thank you and you move on and try the next one. So it's, uh, you know, if you can stick to those, <clears throat> you know, those principles when you're looking to shop to buy, find somebody that's experienced and knowledgeable in the industry to help you look for that horse. And then also be honest with yourself and that and professional too, you know, don't try to make something work or hope it'll get better. If it isn't going to click and work well, you know, one or two rides trying a horse out, then you know what? You, there's a better one out there for you. Yeah, and that that horse that doesn't work for one person may be great for someone else. Absolutely, you you are you're so correct there. I've had a horse that comes to mind a few years ago that you know that I that I had, and he worked good with one rider, and then my son used him and worked great, and then you know two two other riders afterwards, it just was a struggle, and. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, then I fit it with another person, sold it to another person, and you know that horse, you know, currently right now is leading the nation in the HHA, and and it just absolutely is a great fit. And uh, this this team, they work well, and and uh, they really are very competitive. 
Well, Drake, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. We've run out of uh, time for today's, uh, this segment of today's program, but you have a good time down there at the uh, uh, equestrian games in Kentucky, will you? I sure will, Howard, and, and thanks for uh, thanks for the time again. It sure is a pleasure talking to you. Well, that does it for today's edition of the Horseman's Corner. Thanks for joining us. I'm Howard Hale, host of the program, and I'll say goodbye. May God bless. See you next week, same time, same place. <laughs> 